today's episode of Spill the Murder. Last time we were here, we were talking about Lauren McCluskey's murder, and that was a very special episode. And the reason why I brought to you guys to this attention and to this case and to last time's case is because I think to me they're very special cases. I know all of them are very special, but these two particularly are very special, and this one is like um currently going on just like the mommy doomsday one which i'm gonna eventually do eventually when i gather more information about mommy doomsday i've heard about mommy doomsday before so no need to remind me hey when is it coming out when is it coming i don't know i have to figure things out but be as it may we're going to do another special episode which is going on today in today's world and today's time period as we're now currently hearing as things start to unravel in court and things start to come to the surface and today is the Gilligo Beach Murders aka Lisk and aka the Long Island Serial Killer. So today's sources is gilligocase.com, gilligonews.com slash victims, NBC News, CNN, And the New York Times, people.com, and the Independent. <clears throat> so, we're going to start with the gilligocase.com. So, it basically is for this, this website is basically for the resources for the Gilligal case specifically. And so is the victims website because it explains to you who those victims are, what they were before they were killed, and all this thing how it unfolded so in this one in the gilgocase.com i will also provide the resources and everything in videos and, and stuff about what's going on as well from youtube like from youtube about him and all this unfolding like there's a lot of youtubers that are doing the gilgocase syndrome or law and crime doing it and Without further ado, let's begin. So on this website, Gilligal Case, um, the case summary, in May of 2010, 23-year-old Shannon Gilbert mysteriously disappeared from a gated community. Um, let it be known here that there were these women were sex active, and, and, and I'm not going to like express myself in that. But the more I talk about it, the more I think that, like, okay, um, what I'm saying, when I'm saying sexually active, I mean, there were sex workers. And, and there were, like, independent sex workers that had their own set of rules in place for themselves as well. And that's how they got by to make their own money, these sex workers. So, Shanna Gilbert, 23-year-old, mysteriously disappeared from a... Gated community in the south shore of Long Island. Her disappearance led to a search that uncovered 10 other bodies among a desolated beach highway. Some of these cases were linked to other sets of human remains previously found in Long Island and several more 
may be connected in the case main national headlines to the media naming the perpetrator the Long Island serial killer or Lisk. In December of 2010, while searching for Shannon Gilbert, the police discovered a body near Gilligal Beach off Ocean Parkway. This victim could be would be identified as 24-year-old Melissa Bartholomew. Um, two days later, and the body of three more women have been found nearby. Amber Lynn Costello, 27 years old, Megan Waterman, 22, and Maureen Bernard Bond, 25. These women were called the Gilligo Beach Four. Three months later, in March. In 2011, the partial remains of 20-year-old Jessica Taylor was found near Gilligal Beach. Part of Taylor's body had been discovered eight years earlier, 40 miles away in Manorville, New York. Days later, three more sets of human remains were discovered alongside Ocean Parkway in the first 24-year-old Valerie Mack, whose partial remains had also been found in Manorville years earlier. An unidentified toddler was found near Near Mac, two miles west, police discovered the skeletal remains of an unidentified Asian person believed to be 17 to 23 years old. A week later, in April of 2011, two more sets of partial remains were found along Ocean Parkway, and the first was a woman who believed to be the mother of the toddler found the week before. The body the part of her body had been previously discovered in Hampstead Lake State Park in 1997. The second was the skull of the woman who was linked to remains found in Fire Island in 1996. The case is still unsolved while police and FBI search for the killer or killers. The victims' family members want to make sure that their loved ones aren't forgotten. <clears throat> but also um, they have a timeline as well on the case. They, it dates back from 1982, so let's go back. In this timeline, and this is on the Gilligal Case website too. So on February 1st, 1982, Tana Floringa, 19, was last seen February 1st, 1982 at Hammerstead's Music Avenue in West Ship, New York. Her dismembered body was discovered January 3rd next to the Southern State Parkway. Her remains were placed, placed in three garbage bags, and a DNA was was an, the DNA of an unknown male was found in the bags. Then April 20th, 1996, two female legs wrapped in plastic bag were discovered in the Bayside shore of Fire Island, one mile west of Davis Park Beach. The victim was referred to as the Fire Island Jane Doe. The, the victim's skull will later be found on April 11, 2011, west of today's beach in Nassau County. Here she is named Jane Doe number seven, and two sets of remains were later linked in DNA. So going back to what I was saying before, um, these two sets of remains in April 20, 20th, 1996 were later linked by DNA. So now going a year later um, to 1997 of June 28th, the dismembered torso of a young African-American female was found in Hampstead Lake State Park. New York, and she had a tattoo of a heart-shaped peach on her left breast, and it was given a name Peaches. 
police estimated that she had died less than three days before being discovered. In April 11, 2011, police discovered skeleton human remains inside a plastic bag near Jones Beach State Park, referred to as Jane Doe No. 3. And in December 2016, Peaches and Jane Doe No. 3 were positively identified as being the same person. The DNA analysis identified Peaches as the mother of baby Joe. Like, not not baby Joe, but like baby Doe, who both were wearing similar jewelry. November 19, 2000, the torso of a woman was discovered by hikers in Long Island Pine Barrens in Manorville. The torso was found wrapped in a garbage bags and then dumped in the woods near Hazley Manor Road, and she was named the Manorville Jane Doe. Um, April 4, 2011, a skull of a pair of hands and right foot were found in a plastic bag near Ocean Parkway in Gilligal Beach, and these remains were dis- designated as Jane Doe number 6 until being linked by DNA in Manorville Jane Doe. And May 2020, police announced that they have positively identified Manor Jane Doe as Valerie Mack, age 24, born in July 2nd, 1976. And then we have November 23rd, 2000. This is not officially linked, but they may possibly think it is. That the hunters found a body of a white or Hispanic man in the woods off the eastbound side of Long Island Expressway, LAE, near exit 68 in North Shirley. The victims had black hair and were wearing blue and white striped gap boxer shorts. His age was estimated to be 30 to 45, and he was 5'6 to 6 to six feet tall and weighed 130 to 50, 150 pounds. A surgical um, staple was noted embedded in his skin, and he had multiple traumatic injuries, including a crushed larynx, implying that he was strangled. And then July 26, 2003, dismembered torso of a female missing its head and hands were discovered in Manorville, New York. A tattoo on her neck had been mutilated, and the victim was identified seven months later as Jessica Taylor, age 20 after a te- detectives released photos of the tattoo. May 9th, 2011, a skull, a pair of hands, and a forearm found on March 9th, 29th at Gilgo Beach was matched to Jessica Taylor. So this one also is not officially linked to the Gilgo Beach, but they thought it was. Same goes for the next timestamp. So, um, well, date stamp, actually. Um, November 10th, 2003, which is a few months after I was born, a badly decomposed body in Manorville, 400 yards south of Long Island Expressway, LIE, near the Toppings Path. A hunter discovered the body in the wooded area near three miles west of the woods where the bodies of Jessica Taylor and Valerie Mack had been dumped. Autopsy results were inconclusive, and the victim was Caucasian, 35 to 50-year-old, about 56, and had died up to four months earlier. The victim was identified in 2015, but the family asked authorities not to release his name, and the case remains an an active homicide investigation. And then this one is, like I said, the second one is not linked to the Gilligal Beach, but they thought it was. Um, March 3rd, 2007, I was, what, four? Yeah, about four years old. The suitcase containing the dismembered torso of an unidentified Hispanic of light skin 
African-American female washed up on the beach at Harbor Island Park in Mormorant. I can't even say it right. Um, Mama Ronick. Mama Ronick. A few weeks later, her legs washed up in different areas along the island. A stab wound was noted on her torso, and she had a tattoo of two cherries on her right breast. Never identified and referred to as cherries by investigator. Like by investigators. In July 2007, Marine Bernard Barnes, 25, was last seen in her room at Super 8 Hotel in Midtown Manhattan. She had left her home in Norwich, Connecticut to meet a client she had booked through Craigslist. She was reported missing on July 14, 2007. Marine's body would be found December 13, 2010 in Bayside, well, not Bayside, correction, beside Ocean Parkway no Gil- near Gilgo Beach. She had been strangled. And then this one is not linked, but this one is June 23rd, 2008. This one, I was five years old. Tanya Rush, 39, age 39, had been last seen at 3 a.m. walking toward a subway station in Brooklyn. Her dismembered body was discovered on June 27, 2008 in Belmore, crammed inside a suitcase and police stated it was particularly brutal murder and it was a lot of rage in this then these one is linked this one is july 12 2009 melissa bartholomew age 24 if i'm pronouncing her last name right though i think it's it's melissa and then b-r no correction b-a-r-t-h-e-l-e-m-y and she's age 24, and she was last seen in her apartment in Underhill Avenue in the Bronx, and she had arranged a $1,000 date with a client the next night somewhere on Long Island, and after her disappearance, her sister received several phone calls from the man using Melissa's phone and claimed to, claimed to be her killer. Melissa's body was discovered 2010, December 11th, beside Ocean Parkway near Gilligo Beach, and she had been strangled. And then this one is not officially linked to the Gilgo Beach, but they speculate it was. In May 1st, 2010, Shanann Gilbert, like, age 23, disappeared from, like, leaving a client's house in Oak Beach. Shanann called 911 and claimed the people were trying to kill her, and she fled from the house and has been, and was last seen banging on doors of homes and neighborhood while screaming for help. After 19 months of searching, her body was discovered December 13, 2011, in Ocean Beach Marsh, about a quarter mile where she had last been seen. And then this one is not officially linked to the Gilgo Beach, but it was speculated it was. And then May 3, 2010, Dr. Peter Hackett, an Ocean an Oak Beach resident, called Gilbert's mother and allegedly claimed that he ran a home for a week girls and hadn't treated Shanann on, on the morning of her disappearance and Hackett later denied making the calls. However, the phone record to prove the calls took place and Mary Gilbert would later file a wrongful death suit against Dr. Hackett. And then June 6, 2010, Megan Waterman at age 22 was last seen in Hepa Punch NY walking toward a nearby convenience store and she had been staying in a Holiday Inn Express in Hepa Hepu Punch and was captured by security camera walking out of the hotel room at 1.30 a.m. Megan's body was discovered discovered on December 13, 2010, beside Ocean Parkway near Gilligal Beach, and she had been strangled as well. And then we have December, not December, but September 2nd, 2010, Amber Lynn Costello, age 27, had last seen 
her, re- her roommate leaving her home in North Babylon to meet a client. And a, the client had called three or four times and offered Amber $1,500 for her service. Police discovered Amber's body on December 13, 2010, beside Ocean Parkway near Gilligal Beach, and she had been strangled. Then, December 11, 2010, Suffolk County Police canine unit searched for Shannon Gilbert's dis- discovered human skeleton remains along Ocean Parkway at Gilligal Beach, and the victim was later identified as Melissa, as Melissa Bartholomew. But... Then, December 13, 2010, police discovered three more sets of skeleton remains close to where Melissa Bartholomew was found, and the bodies were found within 500 feet of each other. Then, December 15, 2010, the FBI offers assist in investigation, and police seize a white CV from the client's Oak Beach residence. Then, December 16, 2010, Sulphur County Medical Examiner's Office, ME, report. Um, office reports the four sets of remains were all female victims, and that Shannon Gilbert is not among them. In the ME's office... Held a press event to explain the investigative approach involving dental records, DNA comparisons, and or facial reconstruction to help identify the victims. And then January 19, 2011, the police identify one victim as Megan Waterman, who was reported missing in June 2010, and the identities of three remaining victims were all unknown at this time. Then January 24, 2011, the police revealed that the identities of three remaining victims, Marine Bernard Barnes, Melissa Bartholomew, Amber Lynn Costello, along with Megan Waterman, and four these four victims were referred to as the Gillico Beach Four. District Attorney Thomas Spada states that the serial killer is responsible, and he also reveals that the, all four victims worked as escorts, which, again, escorts means like a sex worker. Not mansplaining, I'm just explaining it in my own terms. Um, I don't refer to them as escorts. That's more of like a fancy schmancy way of saying sex workers. I say sex workers because that's what it is. Using Craigslist. Craigslist again back then in the like the two thousands range, like from two thousand from two thousand to two thousand five to two thousand five to 2010 it was like a popular website. You can get jobs, you can buy things online through people and and stuff so using the craigslist that's how people got money police commissioner richard dormer states the search will resume once the weather conditions improved and then march 29th 2011, Suffolk County returned to Gilco Beach to continue the search for Shannon Gilbert. One mile east of the original site, police discovered a skull, forearm, and hands. These were later identified as additional remains of Jessica Taylor, whose torso was found in Manorville in 2003. Then, March 31st, 2011, police state that the fifth set of remains discovered are not those of Shannon Gilbert. Then, April 4th, 2011, Police found three more sets of human remains alongside Ocean Parkway of Oak Beach and Gilco Beach. The body of an Asian male dressed in woman's clothing was discovered, and the victim may have been transgender, and the cause of death was determined to be blunt force trauma to the head. A sketch was released in September 11th, and a skull hands, a skull hands foot were found and referred to as Jane Doe number 6, and these remains Rings were later linked to Manorville Jane Doe, whose torso was found in Manorville 2000, and the sketches were released on September 11th. 
and then an unidentified male toddler, female toddler, was referred to as Baby Doe. She was found wrapped in a blanket with no apparent signs of trauma. And then we have April 11, 2011, police officers discovered two more sets of remains in separate locations along Ocean Parkway. A plastic bag container upper and lower extremities were found near Jones Beach State Park. Identify DNA testing later identified this victim, referred to as Jane Doe number three, as the mother of the child found the week prior. A skull was discovered alongside Ocean Parkway west of Tobey Beach, and this victim was referred to as Jane Doe number seven and was later linked to the Fire Island Jane Doe, whose legs were found in 1996 on Fire Island. The 9th, 2011, Sulphur County District Attorney Thomas Spada states there is no evidence that all these remains are the work of a single killer. Then, May 17, 2011, the Sulphur Police revealed that they are reviewing the other homicide cases for possible links to the bodies found along the Ocean Parkway, and the only case specifically mentioned as Tanya Rush. Those, body, those bodies were found on June 27, 20, 2008, in Belmore. Then, May 29, 2011, this is not officially linked to the Google Beach, but they suspect as much as it is. In two letters of, to the NBC, to the CBS News, Dr. Peter Hackett admits to have been calling Shannon Gilbert's mother in the days after her disappearance. Then in November 29, 2011, Police Commissioner Richard Dolmer reveals the police now believe that one serial killer is responsible and that Shannon Gilbert's case is not connected. Domer states, we believe that it's just a coincidence that she went missing in Oak Beach and the bodies were found on Gillico Beach. On December 6, 2011, um, which is not officially linked to this case, to the Gillico Beach, Shannon Gilbert's pocketbook, ID, cell phone, jeans, shoes were found near a search of Oak Beach Marsh. This is also not connected to December 13, 2011, Shannon Gilbert's body was discovered in Oak Beach Marsh, a quarter mile where her belongings were found, and a homicide detective spotted her remains at 9.14 a.m. Commissioner Domer states this may be a young lady who ran into the brush in a hysterical state, fell down, and expired for some reason. And then we have December 15, 2011. District Attorney Thomas Spada disagrees with Commissioner Domer's theory that this, that a single killer is responsible and Edward Weber is named in a term in Commissioner replacing Richard Dahmer and James Burke is announced as Sulphur County Police Chief starting in 2012. Then we have February 17, 2012, which is not officially linked to the Gilligal Beach murders. Skeletal remains were discovered in a wooded area of Manorville off North Street and west of Wade Wadding, River Road and the body was wrapped in bed sheets, plastic bag, and a duct tape. Police determined that the victim was male and estimated the body has been there for five years, for at least five years. And then this one is also not officially linked to the Gilco Beach murders. May 1st, 2012, Sulford County shares Shannon Gilbert's autopsy results with her family and the cause of death is inconclusive and her family does not believe she drowned and that her death is connected to the other serial killer victims. Then January 23rd, 
2013. This is officially not linked to the Gilgul Beach murders as well, but it's speculated as much. The skeletal remains of a woman were discovered in a garbage bag. What? Skeletal remains of a woman were discovered in a garbage bag on Ledding Town NY, and the victims were wearing 24 karat gold pig pendant, which could, which may be reference to the year of the pig in some Asian cultures. And that is a January 23rd, 2013. That was not officially linked to the Gilgal Beach, but speculated as much. And then to March 16th, to, um, 2013, not officially linked to the Gilgal Beach, but it's speculated. Natasha Wango was last seen leaving her home in Queens Village, NY, and her car was found alongside Ocean Parkway near Gilligo Beach the next day, and her wallet ID and some of her clothing were found in the sand. And on June 24, 2013, Hugo's body, I'm saying Hugo because it's J-U-G-O, her last name, so I'm guessing it's Hugo's body, she washed up on Gilligal Beach, but a mile where her car was found in March. And then we have September 18th, 2014. This is not officially, again, linked to the Gilligal Beach murders, but is speculated. Forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Baden agreed to conduct an independent autopsy of Shannon Gilbert's remains in hopes of determining the cause of death. The results of the second autopsy was released in February 2016. Dr. Baden stated there is insufficient information to determine a de- definite cause of death, but the autopsy findings are consistent with homicidal strangulation. Baden also noted that Shannon's body was found faced up, which is not common for drowning victims. So on December 10, 2015, Suffolk County Com- Police Commissioner Tim Sin um, announced that the FBI had officially joined the investigation. A spokesperson for the FBI confirmed that their official involvement and the FBI had previously assisted in the search for the victims, but were never officially part of the investigation. So now we have another two more that are not officially linked to the Gilligal Beach, and that is July 23rd, 2016 and September 2017. So July 23rd, 2016, Janana Gilbert's mother, Mary, Mary Gilbert was murdered in her home in Ellenville, New York. One of her daughters, Sarah Gilbert, was arrested and charged with the murder. And then September 2017, that is also not officially linked to the Gilligal Beach murders. Suffolk County Assistant District Attorney Robert Bianca Bija stated that John Batilorov, a carpenter from Manorville, has been investigated for a possible connection to the remains found at Gilgo Beach. And in July 2014, Bill Tolorov was charged with the murder of two women in 1993 and 1994. And he also had, well, he was like also a suspect in the murder of a third woman. But in September 2017, he was found guilty and sentenced to two consecutive life sentences. But then we also have January 2019, the state senator, Phil Boyle, introduced a bill in the state senate encouraging the commission on the forensic science to use genetic genealogy to identify victims this one as well um november 15 2019 is not officially linked to the to the Gilligal beach murders 
I know it's annoying of me saying this, but it's not, honestly, because it's important that you know all this information, even though it's not a part of it. So, I'm sorry if you can constantly hear me say, like, oh, this is not officially, re- like, conducted to be as, like, Gilgo Beach murders, but it's speculated. Because it's true, like, people speculate that this is part of the Gilgo Beach, but then it's not, and then it's confirmed it's not, and then it's, like, a whole inconsistency thing. It's, like, a whole, you know... That's a whole spiel. So, a 54-year-old Long Island man, Andrew Frey, was arrested for allegedly trying to kidnap two sex workers on a separate occasion, and he was charged with multiple counts of attempted sex trafficking and attempted kidnapping. In both cases, one in July 2019, the other in October 2018, the woman escaped by jumping out of his moving vehicle. Handcuffs, knives, guns, rope, zip ties, and men was in on t- uh, not tying or discovered recovered in the search of his home and vehicle and he also has a history of violence against sex workers federal investigators were examining whether frey had any connection to the Gilgo beach murders but then we have um Suffolk county police release images of the belt bound to one of the Gilgo crime scenes the letter hm or WH were embrosed into the leather and police believe that the belt was handled by the killer and did not belong to any of the victims and police commissioner Hart stated that the forensic genealogy was being used to help identify victims. The website was announced gilligonews.com where police would share news and receive tips regarding investigation. Then in this website, it shows also there's a press conference from the Sulphur County Beach Murders update from January 16, 2020. And then attorney John Ray, who represents the family of Shannon Gilbert, also gives a press conference urging law enforcement to release her 911 call. And then another video of a press conference of attorney wants police to release the Gilligo Beach victims 911 call on January 16, 2020. And this one as well is not officially hard or linked to the Gilgo Beach murders. It's speculated, but a judge overturned the appeal of Suffolk County Police Department and ordered them to release the long, the long sealed 911 record of a call made by Shannon Gilbert the night she died. And this was May 6, 2020. And Shannon Gilbert's state, state attorney, John Ray, says that he heard 911 tapes and called them extremely valuable. And then we have um, May 22nd, 2020, the Suffolk County Department sent in a statement that he had positively identified the Manorville Jane Doe and referred to her, it was also referred to as Jane Doe number six, and whose remains were found in Manorville in 2000 in Gallego Beach in 2011. So then May 18, 2020, Suffolk County released identity of Manorville Jane Doe, and her name was Valerie Mack. And she was last seen in spring last summer of 2000 in the area of Port Republic, New Jersey. And her last known address was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where she had been working as an escort, as a sex worker. And then a press conference of Suffolk, Suffolk County um, PD announces the Manorville Jane Doe identity, which I'll put in the description below so you guys can see. And then also this one... In May 29th, 2020, which is also not linked to the case, um, Suffolk, but also um, speculated, Suffolk County Police updated the Gilgo News website. 
with the case of Andre Jamal Isaac, age 25, Isaac, known as the Sugar Bear, disappeared before Thanksgiving in 2002. His torso was found December 2002 in Avern, and his head, arms, and legs were discovered two locations in Moriches in 2003 and 2004. Then we have September 22, 2020. State regulators have approved to use a forensic technique known as familial searching. And this technique can be used to find family members of unidentified victims through DNA databases. In December 7, 2020, the Suffolk County Police Department released additional photos of a belt recovering during the initial investigation at Gillico Beach. Then, you go to June 28, 2001. Sorry, not 2001. Correction, 2021. State Senator Phil Boyle held a press conference at Oak Beach to demand answers from Sulphur County officials regarding the investigation from victims found near Gallego Beach. Boyle asked New York State Attorney General Latetta James to appoint a special prosecutor to review the initial stages of the investigation and the letters were sent to Sulphur County Police Chief like County like Chief of Police and County Executive. So in this website, it shows you the letters of Loretta James, the New York State Attorney General, and then the letter of Stuart Cameron, the Suffolk County Chief of Police, and the letter to Steve Ballone, the Suffolk County Executive. And then there's also a press conference, too, about it, which I'll also put in the description as well. And then the Suffolk County had invested in advanced technology to analyze old phone data in case. And this was October 23rd, 2021, or 2021. Initially, MBAC system is used to collect DNA from physical evidence recovered during the investigation. And then um, January 1st, 2022, which this is also not officially linked to the Gallagher Beach, the Suffolk County Police... Commissioner Rodney Harrison stated that he will publicly release the 911 calls related to the disappearance of Shannon Gilbert as long as their disclosure does not interfere with the investigation. Then we go to February 15, 2022. The Suffolk County Commission, Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison announces the creation of the new task force dedicated to solving the case and the task force will be compromised of homicide detectives, the FBI, the Suffolk District Attorney's Office, and the, the Suffolk Sheriff's Office, and then the Suff- then the Suffolk, like the Suffolk County Police Department issued the following statement saying, quote, the information of the task force represents the first federal, state, and local agencies who jointly delegate dedicate investigators to solving one of the nation's most well-known serial killer cases. The team will also continue to utilize new scientific techniques to advance this investigation and collaborate on evidence gathered throughout the decades-long cases that spanned from Manorville to Hampstead." End quote. And then there's also a video on the Suffolk County Commissioner's comments of investigation as well. And then April 12, 2022, the Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison held a news conference announcing updates and investigation of five videos showing the last known surveillance footage of Megan Watermelt. Watermelt. I keep mispronouncing these people's names. I'm so sorry. 
um, the surveillance footage of Megan Waterman had been released, and the video showed Megan in the hotel lobby before walking to the front exit, and Crime Stoppers had increased the reward to $25,000 to $50,000. And the official website, um, case website is gogonews.com and also has been redesigned. In the next part, I'm going to be talking more about the timeline from the Gilligal case website. So continuing on to the timeline here on the Gilligal case um, website, um, May 5th, May 5th, 2022, Suffolk County Police had released additional information on the victims referred to as the Gilligal 4, and the information can be found at the official website of gilligonews.com within the pages um, for each victim. Direct links of Melissa Bartholomew, Maureen Bernard Barnes, Amber Lynn Costello, and Megan Waterman. And then this one is not linked to the Gilligal Beach, but it's speculated. May 13, 2022, Self Folk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison held a press conference announcing the release of Shanann Gilbert's 911 phone call as well as two other calls that have been placed for the residents of Oak Beach. The recordings have been released in GilligalNews.com. They also plan to release independent autopsy reports performed by Dr. Baden. Commissioner Harrison stated that based on the evidence, the prevailing opinion in Shanann's death, tragic, well tragic, was not a murder, but also likely a non-criminal. There's also three different videos of of this, so I'll also link that too. These will be a lot of good resources to watch, so I'll link them. And then this one's also not probably linked, but it was speculated. This was May 27th. To 2022, Attorney John Ray, who represented the family of Shannon Gilbert, had held a press conference to dispute Suffolk County claims that Shannon's death was an accident. Shannon's sister also spoke, stating that the case needs to be independently reviewed. And there's a press conference video, and then Ray released a 45-page document, which includes a letter from the Suffolk County detective, a testimony from the depositions of the various Oak Beach residents, the missing persons report filed for Shenan in New Jersey, an anthropological analysis of Shenan's remains performed by the Forensic Anthropology Unit of NYC Medical Examiner's Office, the phone records of for Shenan and Murray Gilbert, the toxicology, the toxicology report, which did not detect any drugs, and the photo of Shannon's skeletal remains in Michael, Dr. Michael Baden's dependent autopsy findings. And then October 7, 2022, FBI is following new lead in Alabama identifying Peaches and her daughter, Baby Doe. The Facebook post made the mobile who least revealed the FBI is seeking information for Elijah Lesh Howell Howard. Mr. Howard passed away in Mobile, Alabama in 1963. The post made by the Mobile Police said, quote, seeking relatives and friends of Elijah Ledge Howell Howard in, from 1927 to 1963, Mr. Howard lived in Pitchard, Alabama, with his wife Carrie and passed away in Mobile, Alabama in 1963. Miss Lillian May Wiggins Peck, Packer 
his relatives may be able to assist in the case of a woman and child found in another state. Does this tattoo look familiar? If anyone has any information, please call 1-800-CALL-FBI or www.3w's.tips.fbi.gov. And then July 14, 2023, Rex Andrew Herman of Mesapique, Long Island, has been arrested and charged with three counts of first-degree murder and three counts of second-degree murder and the deaths of Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello. Herman, if I'm pronouncing it even right, it's H-E-U-E-R-A-A. Correction, it's H-E-U-E-R-M-A-N-N was arrested on July 13th and the arrest was announced the following day and the investigators note, although the defendant is not yet charged with any crimes as to the disappearance and murder of Miss Bernard Barnes, A. Rex A. Hewerman is the prime suspect in her death in the state and state here of substantial evidence in his involvement. Herman's lawyer entered a plea of not guilty in his behalf in state court, and Judge Richard Arnborough denied Herman's bail, citing the extreme depravity of his alleged crimes. So, detectives executed search warrants in Herman's Mesapeak Park home in Manhattan Architecture Office. So, the charges at this time were charged in the first degree murder of in violation of New York State Penal Law Section 125.271A X1, a Class A 1 felony for the death of Melissa Bartholomew on or about July 10, 2009, and a first degree murder in the first degree violation of New York Penal Law, same numbers, but violent felony death of Megan Watermelon on or about June 6, 2010, murder in the first degree in violation of New York State Penal Law, same law section, but Class A-1, violent family of the death of Amber Costello on or about September 2nd, 2010, and then murder in the second degree in the violation of New York State Penal Law section of 125.251A, Class a a one violent felony for the death of Melissa Bartholomew on or about Jul- July 10th, 2009, and then murder in the second degree in violation of New York State Penal Law Section, same section for the second degree, and then Class A one violent felony of the death of Megan Watermelon. Well, I keep saying Watermelon, but it's Waterman. Megan Waterman on, on or about June 6, 2010, and Murder in the second degree in a violation of New York State Penal Law, Section 125, 25.25, 1, a Class A, 1, felony, violent felony on the death of Amber Costello on or about September 2nd, 2010. And then the videos of the press conference of July 14th are, there. there's like three, and then developments are still ongoing. So the news may be released, and then the last but not least, July 16, Suffolk Police executed a search warrant at a storage unit in Amityville as part of the investigation into Rex Herman. And then the evidence 
here as well is overwhelming. So Rex Human, he really looks like a gross man. I, I can't even describe him. Ugh. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna describe him. I don't want to. I really don't. He just oh he just makes me uncomfortable. I, I don't even want to talk about him. So the belt was released. And then the tattoos of the cherries and the peaches are there as evidence. And then the jewelry of peaches is there. And baby doe is there too. Like, it's just so sad. And then the ring of Tango, um, Tana Fonga. And then the Asian Jane Doe of the necklace of the pig and that was like basically all the evidence that you had found and then we have resources maps they're like exactly like the resources of like where this these were found they have exactly pinpointed of every death that was reported and then they also have resources, their own case resources, like the Global News.com is what they use to help them, the Long Island Serial Killer, Wikipedia, and Crime Scene Researchers, and then Visual Timeline and Map, and then Discussion was Reddit page, and then WebSleuths.com, and then Missing un- Unidentified and Unsolved was Doe Network, and, um, Name Us, the Charlie Project, and the Long Island Missing People, and then the Project Cold Case was used. And then podcast, though, on this was, there's multiple podcasts out there. So, um, Thinking Sideways, one episode, and then Unresolved, three episodes, one, two, and three on 2017, and the principal Principled Uncertainty was episode 253, 2017, and then Crime Junkie, episode 21, 2018, and then Crime Coast, multiple episodes in 2019, and then Voices from Gilgo, multiple episodes in 2019, and then the most important one that you guys should listen to, which is very good, that you guys should listen to, like I advise you to listen to, they have it on Spotify and they have it on iHeartRadio. Um, it's called LISK, L-I-S-K, and then the semicolons, the two semicolons, and then the Long Island Serial Killer, and that one has multiple episodes. They're, like, currently in season three, and I'm, like, in season two, so I gotta catch up, but they, they talk about multiple things in the case. They talk about, like, updates. They talk about, like, what's going on with the lawyers, and what, like, they talk about everything, and then Obsiree. Ups, or it's O-S-S-U-A-R-Y, multiple episodes, and this one was in 2020. And then Unraveled, Long Island Serial Killer, multiple episodes in 2021. And then Grim Tide, Fox Nation, multiple episodes. And then the books on this is Lost Girls. And then also resources are the 24, no, 48 Hours TV show. Long Island Serial Killer 2011, and then Bodies at the Beach, The Search for Serial Killer 2012, and Killing the Killing Season, Season 1. 
2016, and People Magazine investigates the Long Island serial killer 2016, Lost Girls, Netflix film 2020, and then 48 Hours to Hunt for the Long Island serial killer on CBS.com in 2020, and then the Long Island serial killer, A Mother's Hunt for Justice, a Lifetime film in 2021, and Unravel, the Long Island serial killer on Discovery Plus in 2021. And they have a Richard Dahmer interviews, seven interviews from the former police commissioner from 2013 to 2014. And then they have a section where you can submit tips. You can submit tips if you have any information as well. They have Crime Stopper, they have the FBI, they have Suffolk County Police Department, they have P3 tips, which allows the public to share information anonymously with Crime Stopper programs. So you can submit them anonymously. And then they have the victim's information, which again is a Marine Bernard, uh, Bernard Barnes, Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman, Amber Costello, Jessica Taylor, Valerie Mack. Baby Doe, Asian Doe, Peaches, and Fire Island Jane Doe. And it says possibly connected to the case is Andre Isaac, Shannon Gilbert, Cherries, Tanya, um, Tanya Rush, Asian Jane Doe, Jacqueline Smith, and Tana Fogla. And that is from the Google case, but we're going to talk more about the victims. The victims are more important. So I'm going to talk about Melissa Bartholomew. So, and this one, this one talks about the victims. So Melissa Bartholomew was last seen in her residence in the basement apartment of 1149 Underhill Avenue in Newport section of the Bronx in July 12th. 2009, she was 4 feet and 10 inches tall, and she was 24 years old when she was last seen. Bartholomew was a sex worker um, who advertised Adult Friend Finder as well as other sites, and she used the alias Chloe or Very Sexy Chloe. She had tattoos with the word bullies on her back, blaze and focus on her back, and letters on her chest, and she was known so known to meet clients at bars, restaurants, hotels on the west side of Manhattan. So on July 12, 2009, the night that she was last seen, Bartholomew told a friend she was going to see a man and would be back in the morning. This friend was aware she was a sex worker, but Bartholomew offered no further details, and her cell phone records show that she traveled from the Bronx to Manhattan, most likely via taxi. Bartholomew's mother had not heard from her or been able to contact her for a few days, so she reported her missing to the NYPD. On July 18, 2009, an investigation showed a cell phone activity in Manhattan, Freeport, Mesopique, and, and Lindenhurst. Hotel, motels in and near these neighborhoods were investigated, and after Bartholomew had been reported missing, her younger sister received a series of taunting phone calls from someone using Bartholomew's phone. And these calls were believed to be some, like, believed to have come from the killer and were made from the area near the Port Authority bus terminal on 8th Ave, also near Penn Station. These 
areas were thoroughly canvassed and immediately followed the calls. However, due to the large amount of pedestrian and vehicle traffic, no leads were developed. On December 11, 2010, Bartholomew's body was found on the north side of Ocean Parkway near Gilligal Beach during the search of Shannon Gilbert. Although she was the first victim found, she was believed to be the second of the Gilligal Four to be killed. The Sulphur County Police Department remains committed to seeking justice for the victims in this case. And it also shows you where her body was discovered. And then we have also Marine Bernard Barnes. So Marine Bernard Barnes was 25 years old when she went missing and lived in 180 Prospect Street in Northwich, Connecticut. She is believed to be taken at Amtrak station from New London, Connecticut to Grand Central Terminal in Manhattan in July 6, 2007. While in Manhattan, she was staying in the Super 8 Motel located in 59 West 46th Street. At the time, Bernard Barnes, who was 4 feet and 11 inches tall, was also a sex worker advertising on Craigslist. Like I said, an old website that you use to post jobs and postings to sell. And advertise yourself, Backpage, and other websites. She was also known to advertise under the name Juliana or Marie. Her routine was to travel to Manhattan for a few days to work as an escort as a sex worker, and then return home to Connecticut. And while in Manhattan, she was known to stay at the Super 8 and the Red Roof Inn in West 32nd Street and the Carter Hotel on West 43rd Street and the Manhattan Hotel on 8th Avenue. On occasion, Bernard Barnes had traveled with another female who worked out of a different room at the same location, and they may have both used a female, uh, both used a male friend who could refer, like who they referred to as their cousin, to accompany them and offer a level of safety and protection. Bernard Barnes traveled with her female friend the weekend she went missing. However. Her friend returned home early and Bernard Barnes stayed behind and Bernard Barnes was last heard from July 9th, 2007 at 11.43 p.m. when she called a friend in Connecticut. Although she was known to work out of motel rooms on the night of July 9th, 2007, she told her old friend she would be going to meet someone outside the hotel on an out call. Bernard Barnes was reported missing by a friend in Northwich Police Department on July 14th, 2017. So that was July 9th to 14th. That would have been 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, five days after she was missing. And the NYPD assisted the Northwich Police Department in the missing persons investigation, eventually taking over. Barnard, Barnard Barnes was found in December 13, 2010, on the north side of the Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach during the search of Shannon Gilbert, who had been gone missing at Oak Beach. She believed to be the first victim known as the Gilgo Four. And then it shows you photos of her and then where she was found alongside the Ocean Parkway. And then we have the other victim, Amber Lynn Costello. So Amberlyn Costello was 27 years old and lived at 112. Uh, uh, um, sorry, correction. Lived at 1112 American Avenue, um, in West Babylon, where she was last seen in 
by acquaintances, and Costello was a heroin addict who lived at the house with other female and two men and were also heroin addicts. And Costello was four feet 11 inches tall and was a sex worker who advertised on Craigslist and Backpage to support her and her roommate's heroin addiction. Costello used the name Carolina or Mia and had tattoos of chaos on her neck, a butterfly on her lower back, and the word Mar- Margaret on her leg. Costello had moved to New York from water, Clearwater, Florida and had completed a 28-drug rehab but had relapsed not long before her disappearance. Costello and her roommate shared a cell, cell phone, and other female roommates were also sex workers supporting a heroin addiction, and the two male roommates also re-engaged with clients for the women, and Costello did the in-calls in her home as well as out-calls. When Costello would meet clients at her home, the two male roommates would often arrange a scam, which like during which a client had paid money and before any sex acts occurred, they would confront the client saying Costello was their girlfriend and the client would flee. Costello was last seen leaving her residence on foot to September 2nd, 2010 to meet a client who was picking her up at her house. Costello did not have any cell phone with her at the time and she was never reported missing and Costello was found December 13, 2010 on the north side of Ocean Parkway near Gilligal Beach during the search of for missing person Shanetta Gilbert and she was believed to be the fourth victim known as the Gilligal Four as well. And also photos of her were also taken as well. And then we have Megan Watermill, regular Sorry, correction, Megan Waterman. So this one, well, this woman, she was Megan Waterman, and she was age 22, and she was last seen on June 6, 2010. Waterman was a resident of Scarborough, Maine, and was a sex worker who advertised on Craigslist and Backpage. She used the name Lexi and Sexy Lexi. She was last seen by her family boarding a new Yorkbound Concord Trailways bus in Maine, possibly with her pimp and waterman, was staying at the Holiday Inn Express, located in 2050 Express Drive South in Wampapeg. And Waterman was known to stay at other hotels and motels on Long Island, including the extended stay America in Bethpage. Waterman later left the Holiday Inn Express at 1.30 a.m. on June 6, 2010 to meet a client in Waterman, called her pimp, who was in Brooklyn at the time, and to tell him she was going to a convenience store near the hotel. Waterman was reported missing on Scarborough Main Police Department on June 8, 2010, which is exactly two days after disappearance. Her family members felt like it was unlike her not to call them to check on her then three-year-old daughter. The Scarborough Police, like the Scarborough Maine Police Department, contacted the Suffolk County Police to assist in the missing person investigation. And Waterman's body was found December 13, 2010, on the north side of the Ocean Parkway near, near, like near Gillico Beach, during the search of the missing person. Of Shanae Gilbert. She was believed to be the third victim of what was known as the Gilbert Four and Watermelons 
pimp, like the Waterman's pimp, was arrested on federal charges of interstate trafficking of prostitutes on April 11, 2012, and was sentenced to three years in federal prison in January 2013. There was no information to suggest he had any knowledge or participated in any way of Waterman's murder. Then there's um, video surveillance footage of Megan Watermelon. Water, watermelon. I, I can't myself. Megan Waterman exiting the Holiday Inn. And then we have Jessica Taylor. And then Jessica Taylor. It doesn't really talk about much, but Jessica Taylor's remains. It just says that uh, partial skeleton remains of Jessica Taylor and escort working in New York City was located in the wooded area of Manorville in July 26, 2003. And additional remains of Taylor were discovered in March 29, 2011, alongside Ocean Parkway during the search of Shannon Gilbert. And then we have Manorville Jane Doe, number six, Valerie Mack. So, a little bit is known for Valerie Mack. So, partial skeletal remains of Valerie Mack were located in the wood area in Manorville in September 2000. Additional remains of Mack were discovered in April 4, 2011, alongside Ocean Parkway during the search of Shannon Gilbert. Valerie Mack, who was 24 years old when she went missing, was last known address in Philadelphia, worked as a sex worker using the alias of Melissa Taylor. Um, there was no familiar relationship between Mac and Jessica Taylor. Family members last saw Mac in spring or summer in 2000 in Port Republic, New Jersey, and she was never reported missing. With advances in technology, like DNA technology, through partnership with the FBI, the positive identification confirmed the remains of Manorville Jane Doe, number six, or that of Valerie Mac. And then we have Jane Doe, like John Doe, the Asian. The, the skeletal remains of an Asian male. And this is not me saying it, it's the website saying this, and other websites of the Gilligal Beach saying this. An Asian male was discovered along Ocean Parkway on April 4th, 2011. It was estimated that the male was between. 17 to 23 years old at the time of his death. He was approximately 5 feet and 6 inches tall with poor dental health and the timing of his death is believed to be approximately 5 to 10 years prior to the discovery. And then also there's crime scene photos of this on the VIX website, of the Gilligal News VIX website. And then unidentified toddler um The skeletal remains of a female toddler was discovered along Ocean Parkway in close proximity of Valerie Mack on April 4, 2011. And it's also the toddler was approximately two years old at the time of death and likely on unknown Caucasian and DNA analysis later identified the unidentified toddler to be the child of the victim Peaches, whose remains were found in Nassau County. And those are the victims of the Gilligal Beach. And then we have NBC News report on this. So we have that one. 
So this one says the Gilligal Beach killing suspected Rex Hurman. Or Hurman? Yeah, Hurman. Charged in fourth from the fourth death DNA on daughters on daughters can link him to slings. The court documents released today said DNA from the energy drink can that Hurman's daughter discarded helped him like helped tie him to the suspect serial killings. So this was literally reported on January 16th this year, 2024. So Riverhead and Y. Rex Hurman, the man who had been charged with the murders of three sex workers, like three sex workers on Gilligal Beach in New York, was charged Tuesday with with a fourth killing after DNA from his daughter's discarded energy drink helped tie him to the slings. The charge of the suspect's serial killings in unsealed Tuesday at the Suffolk County Courthouse on Riverhead, Long Island, were connected to the death of Marine Bernard Barnes, 25, whose remains were near Gilligal Beach, and Huberman was considered a prime suspect in her death. He was already been charged with the death of Melissa Bartholomew, H.V. 4, and Megan Waterman, H. Ray 2 and Ember Lynn Costello, H. Ray 7, all found in high weeds near Gilligo Beach. He pleaded not guilty to new charges, his attorney said. And the next one, I'm going to talk further about it. So now that we're in the NBC one, I already spoke quarter way through it with the other audio part. And then Hewerman. Remained silent during today's brief court appearance. His estranged wife, Alyssa Ellen, Eleanor, um, Eleanor up, was in attendance. He's looking forward to fighting these charges, and we're and we're doing that. His attorney, Michael Brown, said at a news briefing. And then he remains being held without bail. So, Folk County District Attorney Raymond A. Tyranny said Bernard Barnes was an intellectual and a, and a writer who cared deeply about the people she loved. She was she was a devoted sister, mother, daughter, he said on the news conference, and she's sorely missed by those that loved her. And it has been an honor and a privilege to work with work these cases and provide that small measure of closure for the family members. Barnard Barnes' daughter, Nicolette, was seven years old when her mother was murdered. Court documents state that Barnard Barnes had been restrained by three leather belts. Female hair, female, like female hair found on the buckle of one of the belts tied Hurman to the crime, officials said. Her loss drastically changed the trajectory of my life, Nicolette Barnard Barnes said at the news conference. There were countless times I needed her, and she was not there, and I remember her, I remember, like, she read to me every night, and now I have, I can no longer remember the sound of her voice. I wish she was here today, but she was taken from us, end quote. She said that the, um, she said the indictment has brought her hope for justice for my mom and my family, the remains of all four women known as the Gilical Four, were discovered on December 2010 when authorities were searching for Shannon Gilbert, a sex worker who vanished on May 1st, 2010. Gilbert, 23, 
was reported last seen running through Engated Community in Oak Beach after leaving a client's home. According to police case timeline, her remains were not found until December 2011. Leonard Hurman was connected to the deaths of Bartholomew Waterman, Waterman and Costello and part of his wife's hair. Just said is found at the crime scene that led authorities to believe that the items used in the killing, such as burlap sacks and tape, came from their home. Cell phone data and DNA obtained by the discarded slice of pizza were also used to link Hurman to the deaths, authorities said. And the core documents released Tuesday also detailed how. Um, Undercover agents followed Hurman's 26-year-old daughter into Rhode Island Railroad and used her discarded job of monster him to link him to the slings. Hurman's wife and children were traveling out of state during all the four killings, and the documents state that this allowed him unfettered time to execute his plan for each victim without any fear that his family would uncover or learn his involvement in these crimes. He was arrested in July and as detectives surrounded him outside of his Manhattan architectural office, Hurriman pleaded not guilty to three of the charges of first-degree murder and three charges of second-degree murder and the killings of Bartholomew Waterman and Costello. The remains of the Barnard Barnes was discovered along Beach Parkway on December 13, 2010. According to authorities, her remains were found along with the remains of Costello and Waterman. Bartholomew's remains were found December 11, 2010, and all four women worked as Craigslist sex workers and were last seen between July 2007 and September 2010, according to the case timeline. Barnard Barnes' sister, Melissa Can, became emotional as she talked about her death. She said her sister's more and how she's been portrayed. She was first and foremost a loving mother and a caring sister and a loving and a giving friend. Kim said through tears, and with the loss of Marine came unimaginable pain and panic. My life shattered with the, with the confirmation of Marine's death. Several other sets of human remains were uncovered to Several sets of human remains were uncovered during the search of Gilbert, including the partial remains of Jessica Taylor, the remains of 24-old Valerie Mack, a female toddler, a man, and the toddler's mother, an unidentified person. He remain is not suspected at all of the deaths, and he has not been charged with the deaths of Gilbert, Taylor, or Mack. His next court hearing is scheduled for February 6th. And then um, we also have Sienna and Gallico Beach as well. So we have this one, the timeline, which I'm my best guess is probably the same thing that happened. So that also can be a thing. Like he's being charged for these women's death, like Melissa Bartholomew, Marine Burner. Bernard Barnes and Amber Lynn Costello and Megan Waterman.
And it tells you, like, in 2010, they found the bodies. In 2011, more remains were found, including a toddler and her mother. And then additional reports in 2020, police released photos of a key clue and ID of victim. And then 2022, police formed task force to find the killer. And then 2023, Rex Huberman arrested in some of the killings. And then that was it. For the CNN one. And then we have the New York Times. And then this one was published also like January 1624. So I guess this correlates to it. And it's basically like kind of like what we now know about the case. It's kind of like a little update about it. So, yeah, and and this one also explains like how did like how did the authorities are on a suspect for years. I'm gonna explain it for years. The Gallico Beach investigation was hamstrung by the dysfunction and even corruption of James Burke, a self folk police commissioner who at one point led the investigation, refused to work to like refused to work with the FBI and years later the public learned he was being investigated by federal authorities for obstruction of justice in an unrelated case. In February 2022, authorities announced the creation of the Gallico Beach Homicide Investigation Task Force, bringing together local, state, and federal investigators. The task, the task force focused on cell phone records, All the women had been contacted by different phones and investigators using mapping technology and learned the calls came from two key locations that they would eventually connect to Mr. Hewerman near his home on 1st Avenue in Mississippi Park near his office on 5th Ave and 36th Street in Manhattan. And then a break came in in March 2022 when the investigators discovered that Hurman owned a Chevrolet Avalanche truck at the time of the killings, and it was a scene of a truck a witness had seen at the park, um, like that had been parked in the victim's driveway shortly before she disappeared. In July 2022, detectives took 11 bottles from a trash can outside outside Mr. Hewerman's house. Investigators compared DNA from the bottles and a DNA extracted from hairs found with some of the bodies. And on June, the Suffolk County um, Crime Laboratory matched DNA from the hair found in Mr. Like, um, Mrs. Waterman's body from the DNA swab from the discarded crust covered in a pizza box that Mr. Hewerman had thrown out. And on July 2014, like, Sorry, correction, on July 14th, or 2014th, oh my god, that made no sense. Um, on July 4th, like 14th, he was taken into custody in Midtown, and the following day he was ordered um, held without bail during a brief appearance in a Suffolk County courthouse. His lawyer said outside the courthouse, Mr. Hurman denied committing the killings. But we don't know who he is.
So let's the New York Times breaks down who the hell Rex Human is. Rex a human was a consensuous in his Manhattan job as an architect and architectural consultant, is married, has a daughter, and was born and raised in Long Island where he lived in his family home in a depilated one-story house with faded fading red paint and an unkempt yard. He was respected by some of his field for his experience as a veterinarian architectural consultant and his deep knowledge for an kind of tracencies in New York City's building code, which made him effective at getting projects approved, and other clients found him too fiducious and combative. In Mesapeak Park, where he lived, neighbors considered him unpleasant and even menacing. I can totally see that. They said that he would Respond with silent glares when they said hello, and once he was kicked out of the Whole Foods for stealing clementines meant for children. On Friday, the Soap Folk District Attorney Raymond A. Tierney laid out evidence that the authorities had connected Mr. Huberman to the crimes, and he was he had licenses for 92 firearms and had set up false email accounts that he had used to search violent pornography that showed women and children being sexually assaulted, the authorities said. It explains who the victims were. And that's it from the Gilligal Beach killings from the New York Times. I'm just glad that the New York Times actually put who the hell Rex A. Hiraman was. Somebody knows who the hell this guy was. I don't know. We don't know. So then we have also the crime from People magazine. Um, Rick Zimmerman allegedly linked to two more Gilligal Beach victims by witness testimony by a lawyer. And it just literally explains, it's not, it's really self-explanatory. That like at a press conference Wednesday, Sulphur County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison said his investigators were looking into the claims of four witnesses who have claimed to come forward. To attorney John Ray, who represents the family of Shannon Gilbert, a sex worker who disappeared in May of 2010 after calling 911 fleeing a client's Oak Beach home. Her remains were found in December 2011. Um, so we have a job here as law enforcement at Suffolk County Police Department to make sure that, investigation, that, we, that we investigate every single complaint or interest in this case. And make sure we look in every single stone to see if there is any connection Rex Human or if there is a connection to someone else that may be involved with the bodies that were discovered on Ocean Parkway, Harrison said. Harrison said that they added two more investigators to the task force into the bodies found along Gilligal Beach to take this type of information in to follow and to see if it is credible. So it also explains who he was too. So um Ray said at at Wednesday, so the attorney for Shannon Gilbert, John Ray, said at Wednesday's press conference that one of the witnesses, a cab driver, said in a signed affidavit 
that she picked up a woman she believed to be Shannon Gilbert from the Shaneville Hotel in late summer or fall in 2009. She claimed that prior picking up the woman up, the dispatcher told her that the person had locked herself in the bathroom in a room at the hotel, and once at the hotel, she said she drove to the room, flashed her headlights, and honked the horn. And at the press conference, John Ray said a giant man who fits the description of Rex Hewerman comes out, and he's covering his face with his arms so he can't be seen and he runs to a van or an SUV right nearby that's parked right there. The cab driver said and Ray and John Ray continued to flash her lights and beep her horn and out comes a girl crying, shaking upset and gets in her car. The woman who fled the hotel room told the cab driver that she had just met the man on Craigslist and yet promised to take care of her family. According to the affidavit, he gave the woman a thick white envelope and he then went to the bathroom and the woman said she looked inside the envelope and found it stuffed with cut up paper. She said the man then got aggressive and she ran into the bathroom to get away from him. The cab driver said that she drove the woman to the Ronica Coma train station. Another witness alleged that she and the police detective boyfriend were swingers and went to the Hurman's house after they found his his number posted on the wall for hookups at the Swingers Bar in New York City around Valentine's Day in 1986 before they drove to Hurman's house. She allegedly, well, she alleged that they picked up Karen Vergata, Vergata, a 34-year-old sex worker, previously known as Jane Doe Number 7, whose remains were found on Long Island it's Fire Island on April 20th, 1996. Additional body parts were discovered on Long Island to Bay Beach on April 11, 2011, and Vergata was identified through genetic genealogy in August. The witness said that they went inside Herman's home and met his wife, Asa Ellerup. Karen went upstairs and the witness wrote, wrote, I stayed upstairs with Asa and my partner, who I believe was bisexual, kept disappearing. I believe he was elsewhere in the house having sex with Rex. I believe I had sex with Rex as well, and I never went upstairs. When they left, the witness alleged she saw the woman I believe to be Karen run outside naked and ran out by the garage. Her boyfriend... She claimed, told me not to worry about her and that she was okay and they were only playing a game. But we left without her and I felt uneasy that we left without well, the woman. Another witness, a sex worker, describes having sex with your man multiple times, John Ray said. And while our rep was in the home, asked at the press conference if Misha was credible, Harrison responded, it is still an ongoing investigation and we have information and we are working on it and we'll see where it leads us down the road so investigators will try and nail and try to nail down time frames look at radio runs that can help us kind of pinpoint where in any credibility to these complaints that came forward harrison said and harrison also said that taking a closer look to see if brigada and gilbert were connected to our defendant which is herman rex Bob Mer- 
Mercedanio was an attorney while visiting Elora, but tells people that the sex worker's claims that she had sex with Hiraman while his wife was in the house are not true. And says, I think it's completely outrageous and reckless to make these comments. The attorney says, and we categorically deny any truth to them, and there's actually no bias in truth to Johnny, which is Ray, like John Ray. You're going to bring prostitutes to your house. You're going to be back in 10 to 15 years when the children are teens. And if you're not younger and go downstairs with the prostitutes in the house and you're upstairs with the kids, any normal woman would never do that with the children in the house. You didn't even allow it to go on. Think about that. And then he adds the attorney for, for Rex's wife says, that she was blindsided by all these allegations when the arrest happened and she doesn't know what's true and what's not true and she's still piecing together her own life when the evidence is laid out in the courtroom obviously she'll listen to it and she'll make her own judgment at that point in the time right now she doesn't know what to think and that is the end of that and then we have the the dependent which literally says how did the how did they catch the illegal beach killer? It took thirteen years, but Suffolk County Police finally said they caught the serial killer who dumped his victims along the shores of Gilligal Beach. And here is the evidence that led investigators to Long Island suspect Rex Hurman and this and a woman Rachel Sharp reports. And this is Thursday fourteenth of December twenty twenty three. So it says here, do you know, did he know that his time was up? His alleged internet searches would certainly seem to suggest so. In the year between March 2022 and June 2023, the suspect of Gilgo Beach, serial killer Rex Hewerman, repeatedly took online, looked online for updates on the investigation police site, and he searched details for the victims and their families, and he googled the use of a new phone technology in the case and looked for podcasts and documentaries about the murders. He also took a keen interest in a newly launched task force headed up by the newly appointed Suffolk County Commissioner Rodney Harrison, who was actively hunting him for up to 16 years. Police say he had gotten away with brutally murdering young women and dumping their bodies along the shores of Gilgo Beach in Long Island. As body after body lay under, um, undiscovered, he had more victims to his graveyard, prosecutors allege. Then in late 2010, the search for another missing woman led authorities to a grim discovery. As suspect's time was, um, still wasn't up, more than a decade, and the accused killer continued to go on about his day-to-day life, going to work at his architectural firm in Manhattan and going home to his wife and two children. He seemed to... He seemed just as baffled as his lack of arrest as the local residents and victims' families who questioned why police have not been able to catch the killer. He even searched Google for the answers to questioning questions, including why do law enforcement not trace calls made by the Long Island serial killer, and why aren't the, the Long Island serial killer been caught, the court documents state. Was he looking over his shoulder? Did he have an inkling that he was under investigation? For surveillance, or after this time has passed, did he think he might never get caught? Then, on July 13, 2023, he left his office in Midtown after a day's work, walking along a busy, mm, mm, 
Like walking along a busy Manhattan road, a group of suited clad men approached and surrounded him, and the gig was up. Rex Hurman, a 59-year-old married father of two, professional architecture Manhattan business owner and Long Island native, was arrested and charged with the murders of Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartholomew, and Amber Costello, and he was also named as a prime suspect in the murder of the fourth woman in Marine Barnard Barnes, who was last seen alive in New York City in June 2007. It took 13 years, but Suffolk County Police finally said they have caught the serial killer who had lured in sex workers, brutally murdered them, and then dumped their their bound and wrapped bodies along the shores of Gilgo Beach, in which led, what led into the suspect killer has since been laid out in court documents, and it consisted of tips from his pickup truck, a stash of burner phones, sadistic online searches, phone calls, taunting victims' families, his wife's hair, and pizza crust. How did they find the Critical Beach killer suspect? A sighting of a pickup truck believed to belong to Rex Hurman. The first piece of the puzzle came when the witness in the Costello case revealed details about the vehicle that a client was driving when she when she was last been seen, and Costello was working as a sex worker, was seen alive in the evening of the September 2nd, 2010, when she left her home in West Babylon. The night earlier, witnesses said that the prostitution client had came to her home, but the client was subjected to a ruse when a man posing as Costello's outraged boyfriend showed up and made him leave. In a motive, to swindle the client out of cash, a witness said the client was driving a first-generation Chevrolet Avalanche. The next day, the same client contracted Costello to meet her, but said that he wouldn't come to her home because of her boyfriend. The court documents state, and then Costello left her home and never been seen alive again. The details of the vehicle came to light last year after a few after a new task force was assembled in January 2022 to solve the serial killings once and for all. The task force revealed the evidence gathered in the case. The investigators interviewed Costello's pimp in the spring of 2022, and his official... He told officials about the suspect and the green Chevrolet avalanche, telling them he didn't know the man's name, but that you might want to look at him. In March 2022, a registration search showed the local man, Mr. Hewerman, owned a first-generation model of the truck at the time of Costello's disappearance. He also matched the witness description of the man believed to be the killer, a large, white, ogre-like male in his mid-40s, around 6'4 to 6'6 feet tall, in his dark, bushy hair, and big oval style 1976 type eyeglasses. As described below was a significant this was significant because the witness to the disappearance of Amber Costello identified as the first generation Chevrolet Avalanche was as the vehicle believed to have been driven by her killer. The court documents state the Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison told New York Daily News that this was a turning point to the investigation and the movement. The moment the authorities zeroed in on Mr. Hurman, the turning point was the car. He said, and once we got that car, who can, who it connected 
two, that's when the investigation got legs. The discovery of the car led investigators to hone in on Mr. Hewerman, including executing 300 subpoenas, search warrants, and other legal processes to obtain evidence to determine his potential involvement in the killings. Rex Hewerman's alleged stash of burner phones. Mr. Hewerman alleged allegedly used um, burner phones when then led police to make an arrest and at the time when the three women were went missing they had been in contact with the person who was using a burner phone to arrange a, arrange to meet them people often use burner phones to elicit or illegal activities as they were more difficult to trace but according to the court documents mr human still managed to make a series of critical errors while using them the burner phones used to Contact the victims always pinged off the same cell phone towers as Herman's legitimate cell phone and a document show indicating that while using the burner phones, he was also in possession of his cell phone at the same time. The burner phones also pinged off cell towers in the two key locations, close to Herman's office in Midtown Manhattan and close to Mr. Herman's family home in Mesopotamia Park. Um, records show that Mr. Hewerman's personal cell phone and the burner phones were also in the same location at the same time. And in locations that correspond with the disappearances, murders of the of each of the three women around Mesopotamia, Long Island, and Midtown Manhattan. Investigators could also find no instance where Hewerman was in separate location from these other cell phones when such a communication event occurred. The court document states and the days leading up to Bartholomew's disappearance, she had been contacted by the same burner phone multiple times. The last contact from the phone from the phone came on July 10th, 2009, when she was last seen alive in New York City. The cell site records show the burner phone traveled from Mississippi Park in Midtown Manhattan that day. Then, chillingly, Bartholomew's own cell phone traveled from Midtown Manhattan to Mesopotamia Park. Still, beach victims' cell phones and taunting phone calls to grieving parents. The killer took at least two of his victims' cell phones after their murder as a trophy in, in a sick move, called one of the family, the victims' families from her phone to taunt them about what he had done, and prosecutors say the evidence shows this person was Mr. Hewerman. The following Bernard Barnes and Bartholomew's murders, the killer took and used their cell phones, and Bartholomew's last cell site location was nearly, it was in the early hours of July 11, 2009, in Mesopotamia. And then throughout the next two months, the killer then used her cell phone to make taunting phone calls to Bartholomew's family members. At least one of these calls answered by the devastated family members, the male caller gloated about killing and sexually assaulting Bartholomew. And the prosecutor alleged that Mr. Hurman made those cruel calls from and in the vicinity of his midtown office where his own daughter is now an employee. Records show that each of the taunting calls pinged off cell phone towers in midtown Manhattan. Mr. Hurman was also allegedly used Barnard Barnes' cell phone to check her voicemail and court documents show. Rex Hurman's alleged online searches for explicit images and the link Lusk investigation. In the years after the murders, Mr. Hurman allegedly continued to slip up in his use of technology as he allegedly continued to use burner phones and elicit sex from sex workers right up until his arrest. While it showed a pattern of behavior, prosecutors 
also point to their disturbing activity to trace the cell phone. Okay, so continuing on with that, um, like I said, while it showed a pattern of behavior, prosecutors also point to other disturbing activity traced by the cell phone numbers. The court documents show that Mr. Hurman had Tinder profiles and several email accounts under the series of fake names. He used these accounts linked to his burner phones to search for graphic images of young girls and children and sadistic torture-related pornography. Gross. Search included a girl hogtied torture porn and a 10-year-old schoolgirl. Again, this is giving me, like, what's his name? from oh jared fogel it's giving me jared fogel eyes because it's he was into 10 year olds like schoolgirls and stuff as well as disturbing sexual searches prosecutors say he also looked up images of murder victims and their relatives and research podcasts and documentaries and news stories on the case these included why would law enforcement not trace a call made to long island circular and why not the why hasn't the Long Island serial killer been caught? Long Island serial killer, the Long Island serial killer phone call. He also looked for information about new task force on the case. Knowing that he was keeping a close eye on the investigation, police kept the developments close to the vest and surveillance footage captured Mr. Huberman, adding credit to one of the burner phones and, and he had it on him when he was arrested. How was Rex Huberman's wife's hair at the crime scene? At a bombshell twist, hair belonging to Mr. Hurman's wife was allegedly found in the bodies of three of the four victims. Prosecutors say the two female hairs have been found on Waterman, and one of them on the tape which the killer wrapped around her head. And one female hair was found in the tape used to wrap burlap around Costello, and one hair was found in the belt buckle used to bind Barnard Bone, um, Barnes, who Mr. Hurman is yet to be charged over. To identify the, the female who belonged to the best investigators trawled through the trash of Hearman's home in Long Island. And then, in July 2022, they discovered 11 bottles from the trash and they were swabbed for DNA and forensic testing. Found that the DNA on the bottles matched the female hair found in the crime scene, concluding that the hair belonged to Mr. Hearman's wife. And uh, the accuracy... And such is such that more than 99% of the North American female population can be ruled out, according to the court documents. Prosecutors found that the suspect's wife was out of town at the time of three murders in which he had been charged, but that, but that her hair could have been transferred at the crime scene through the husband's clothing or through him using items such as tape taken from the family home and how the pizza crust was used for the DNA evidence as well as his wife's DNA. Mr. Huberman's DNA was also found in one of the victims and prosecutors said that the male hair had been found on the burlap used to wrap Waterman's body before the killer dumped her along Gilligal Beach. While her hair was first retrieved in 2010, it was unsuitable for DNA um, analysis according to the court document. But the hair was kept safely locked away and was submitted for analysis in 2022. A DNA profile came back. And now to check if it matched, Mr. Huberman investigators needed his DNA to compare the samples. This January, the surveillance team watched the suspect watch, um, saw him chuck a pizza box into the trash close to his office in Manhattan 
and they nabbed the box and found a leftover pizza crust inside, and the forensics later came back, and it was Mr. Hurman's hair found on Waterman's body. And that is the end for now of the Gilligal Beach Kill Murders, because it's still developing as they go, because we have yet to see what's yet to come in the court in February 6th, so we don't know yet what's going to happen with him, so we might have just to find out. So, there probably might be a part one, no, part, not part one, a part two to this. There might not. It all depends on what's going to happen in the court. So I'm going to be following up with that, and I'll let you guys know what's going on in the following couple days. So that is the end of the Chemical Beach murders. But the next episodes are going to continue to be just the regular ones I normally do from the the true crime case histories volumes 5-4 not 5-4 but I'm going back with it's 4-5 and 6 so I'm going to be reading from those and we'll see how like again this is how I'm going to be doing my episodes now it's going to be two cases and one because I'm starting at it's it's me it's not you guys I'm just starting to get fed up with the fact that like my episodes are really fucking short except for the special episode last time and this one like they're getting really fucking short they're like 14 minutes 20 minutes 25 minutes 21 minutes I'm like how short are these am I just talking so fast like this and I'm not even stopping no maybe I don't know but yeah, that is the case of the Gilgo Beach murders. So again, um, we're going to go back to our normal schedule. And I'll provide all the resources in this case. So yay, we did it. We did the special episodes. <laughs> episode, um, this is actually episode 90. 